This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast with you cool cats, Hannah Hogan and Dusty Slay. Skibbity da boom ba boom. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with another episode of the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I'm here with my co-host and wife, Hannah Hogan. Hey, great to be in the studio, Dusty. Uh, great to have you. Thanks. We're back, or better than ever. We are um, uh, fresh back from West Palm Beach. Yeah. And uh, so let's go ahead and get into the where we've been, where we're going. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. Uh, where we've been. Last week, I I got back from Tempe, Arizona, and I was here Sunday and Monday. And then on Tuesday, I flew out to Springfield, Missouri, my one of my favorite places. It's really become one of my favorites. I have friends there, and I love seeing them when I go. Christopher Michael Ray, uh, and I, you know, I just like going there. I have a good time going. Do there. Do you like it because you go there quite often? I think so. I've become familiar with it. That's what I realized last time when I was there this summer with you. I said, "Man, for some reason, I've been to Springfield a lot at this point." Yeah, we've been there a lot, and uh, it's good people there. I enjoy it. I enjoy the Missourians. And uh, so, anyway, so I went there because I was doing a college. I did Missouri State University, the Bears, go Bears, and uh, I had a great time. I want to talk about it, though, because I got there, and uh, they picked me up from the airport, and I went to my hotel for a little while. I started feeling bad again because I've been drinking coffee. I think we've identified coffee as a big problem for me. And I went to... The university, and they had me a nice room set up with a bunch of snacks, all of which I can't eat. Uh, and and then I had some Chick-fil-A. I had two chicken nuggets, and my face was burning. So I thought, all right, let's not eat this. Chick-fil-A, a lot of times, makes my face burn. I don't know what, what? it is. It feels like a weird, like, allergic reaction to it. But it doesn't burn bad enough to where I'm like, I want to stop eating it. But it'll give me a little tingle. Yeah, I, that's probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't like my face to react to food yeah. as I'm eating it. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it hit me pretty quick this time, so I, I went ahead and put it down. Mad chicken disease. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I put it down, though. It just feels like the way spicy burns, but there was this wasn't spicy chicken at all. And it was on your face. Yeah, it's always my face, though. That's weird. Yeah, it is weird. But, uh... So then I went out into this room. There was no opener, no MC. No, somebody introduced me, but it was a cold audience in a pretty well lit room. And mm. there was a church service actually going on in the next room over. You could hear the praise and worship music. Wow! Um, and which I'm not opposed to. I uh, just any silence that I had in the room was replaced by that. <laughs> And at first, it wasn't going well. Well, I went up. I took all these snacks. I had an armful of snacks, all the stuff that the college had given me, and I threw it out to individual students. I was like, who wants some of these snacks? And everybody was cheering. So I passed out all the snacks. At the beginning of your set? Very beginning. Wow. It felt like this is going to be a hot set. Yeah. And then it went downhill pretty fast, and I 
tried to riff and I tried to do this and that and I was not getting them. And then eventually I just said, you know what, I'm just going to just going to dig in here and do my jokes and then it ended up being quite fun i did a little over an hour uh and it was a great time i really enjoyed it so what's the difference of you telling jokes and you digging in and telling jokes well that's what i mean it's like uh you know you you riff a bit and you make some people laugh and they're like this is fun and then you tell some jokes and then they they laugh at the jokes but by dig in i mean i'm about to start telling jokes whether they're laughing at them or not because the riffing is not really working, uh. so I'm just going to start telling jokes. And at first, they that wasn't really working either. But I was like, I'm just going to dig in here and make it known and get them used to my pattern and rhythm and the way that I tell jokes, and we're going to get into it. And uh, we did. And it, became, it ended up being a really fun show. Uh, actually, I thought a couple of people walked out, but they just went to the bathroom. So uh, no one walked out, felt very good. I enjoyed it. And then I got up the next morning. Well, uh, yeah, I got up the next morning and I flew to West Palm Beach. And uh, I had a good time getting in there. But I got to say, I do not feel like I, I do not feel like I like the wealthy parts of Florida. I like a good redneck poor part of Florida. Give me a Panama City Beach any day. What about a Tampa? Uh, Tampa, you know, I don't know. I feel like when I go to Tampa, I'm never hanging out in what would be considered the wealthy parts. So I love it. I mean, I love that the club. I mean, the club has a great built-in audience that comes there. So I have a blast there. But, you know, I don't want to sit here and call Tampa poor because I don't think it is. But I'm not hanging out on the wealthy sides. But even Ybor City has a bit of a dirtier side to it, Mm. you know, so it feels like – West Palm Beach just felt like, I don't know what it was. And this is what the weekend was like. Thursday I went, had a great time. Thursday was a really good show, really fun. I should say I was there with you. Yeah. And then Friday and Saturday, I was supposed to be featuring for a different comic, and I ended up featuring for a hypnotist, which is fine. He was a very nice guy. But I was only doing 15 minutes at the beginning of his set, so I was going up cold, which is what I was doing the previous week for the Heather, Heather McDonald crowds, and I was on fire. I was crushing. I was like, this is amazing. And then I'm going up in front of the hypnotist, and I'm not bombing, but it's not going all that well, right? But I'm like, hey, 15 minutes, I can do all that not well for 15 minutes anytime. And I just figure I wasn't doing well because it was his audience. It was an audience of people that had come to see a hypnotist, not necessarily a comedian, right? So I get it. But then on Sunday, I just feel like I didn't do well. You were headlining again. I was headlining again, and I just feel like I didn't do well. Now, this is not some criticism of the club or of the audience or of me either. It just happened. It was just uh, that I had several people come out to see me that had never seen me do comedy before, only had seen videos, you know, and they were like, oh, we're so excited to see the show. And then it just went mediocre, which is, um, you know, I mean, I think that's the struggle with comedy, right? It's the ups and downs with comedy. But I mean, uh, fortunately for me, I've had a long run of just good shows, right? So when you have a consistent weekend where you're like man I, i'm not really doing that well this weekend it uh it's harder you know but i still feel great i mean i feel wonderful so what do you think it is do you think it's like just like the type of people in west palm beach that just are not connecting to your comedy yeah i think so yeah i think it's a, a blend because you know uh, 
it's like it's like I have such a wide variety of jokes, right? That I that I feel like if they're not into these jokes, they'll be into these jokes. Or if they're not into these, they'll be into these. And when overall, like I I most certainly did not bomb. I most certainly did not. But I didn't do as well as I like to do. You know, and I never felt like I really had the audience on board with me. I never felt like I was taking them on a ride. It was just like each joke, I'm like, all right, well, here's another one. Mm. You know, here's another one. So uh, I got to say, you know, my, I've, that whole coast, it's the east coast of Florida. I've, I've done shows at Cocoa Beach. And then I worked my way a little further south to Vero Beach, and now a little further south to West Palm Beach. And I don't feel like I did well in any of those places. <laughs> <laughs> now, Vero and Cocoa Beach were a long time ago, so it's easy to excuse it as though, well, I wasn't as good as I am now. But now I'm just wondering how my comedy even plays on the west coast of Florida. To be honest, Jacksonville, I I didn't always have the best shows in Jacksonville. That's not all. I guess that is on the on the West Coast. East Coast. East Coast, yes. That's what I mean. And so, uh, you know, on the other hand, Charleston is also on the East Coast. That's where I started doing comedy. I do well there. I have a great time there. But I'm just wondering if the East Coast of Florida is, is, uh, is a real challenge for me. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, when I was walking around West Palm Beach, I mean, I mean, I came on this trip because West Palm Beach sounds cool. You know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go to Florida. Uh, but it was kind of cloudy the whole time. Our hotel was really nice. It was really great. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it just it's like one of those cities that it feels like it's brand new. Everything seems new, you know, but to me, that's obviously just affluence. Yes. Um, it's like... But it's also very touristy and sort of uh, ostentatious. Yeah, it's like Seaside, Florida, for instance, is like where we went for a long time. And I had this real love for Seaside because that was one of the first places I, I traveled to on the road to do comedy. And I went with my friends, Evan and Vince, and it's just like that was this... Uh, just as we had this real love for Seaside. We had made a lot of friends down there. But when I was in Florida the last time with, with some other friends and we went over to Seaside, I was just like, you know, there's not really that much to this. It's very nice. And if you're a family, I get if you have kids and you want to take your kids there, perfect place. Perfect place for kids. But there's just not much to it. And I think West Palm Beach would probably be different for me if I were still a drinker because I could bounce around. There was a lot of bars and it seemed like a real party vibe. But if you're just. It was such a party vibe. Yeah. Even our hotel. Right. I mean, I'd never been in a hotel that was just pumping all weekend. It's like, dude, it's September 20th. What are you doing? Yeah, and this was the slow season for them. So, yeah. But I will I will say the staff, uh, I got along really well with the staff at the club, and uh, I was treated well. I went on TV down there. I had a good time on TV in West Palm Beach, and uh, I enjoyed Yeah, we're com- I'm complaining about things that if – if you you know like to go out to fancy food and and drinks and bars and stuff, you're gonna love it. But since that's not really our mo, it, there wasn't really much for us there. They talking trash. They talking smack. 
Telling so many lies, I know they're full of crap. That's okay, haters gonna hate. Uh -huh. I'll play at Stinky's Joke Barn over them any day. They, they, they talking trash. And it's like even this – we went to this one restaurant and the hostess recommended a steak on the special. And so I ordered it. When the waiter came, I ordered it. He goes, oh, we haven't had that since yesterday. And I'm like, we should tell the hostess not to be recommending it. And he laughed a little bit like I was being smart with him, like I was like I was being like, well, you need to tell your hostess. you know. But then – and then the hostess sat another table near me like five minutes later and said – and recommended that same steak. And I'm like, no, you need to communicate with each other. You need to get that worked out, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if, if I worked – if I when I was working at Hyman's, if the server recommended – the, if the hostess recommended a special and that we didn't have, I would immediately go tell the host. I'd be like, hey, just so you know, we don't have that. Don't be recommending that to people because it immediately leads to disappointment for the for – the. but you could tell the server was jaded. He wasn't into it. He was just like – wanted people to order big meals because he tried to recommend me a more expensive steak. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want. Maybe that's the whole scheme. Maybe. Maybe but. that's the whole scheme. Hey, we don't have any of this steak left, but we got to get their mind on steak. So we're yeah. going to get them to it get was, that filet mignon. It was only $4 more, but it's still like, nah, that's not what I want. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I really like the filet as much. I like a sirloin more than I like a filet. I don't know what a filet is. Well, I don't – I mean I couldn't really describe to you the difference, but I could show you. Like we have sirloin in the fridge right now. Oh, okay. And the filet is what I had at another restaurant because I'm back on meat, if people didn't know that. <laughs> I am back on meat and I'm heavy into it. Yeah. Diet update though. Uh, let's let's make this a food uh, – oh, oh, oh. Let's just go ahead and finish where we've been, where we're going. That's where we've been. We're doing great. We're having a wonderful time. And uh, – where I'm going, I'm going to Chicago Improv this weekend. Uh, so get ready. I'm going to a mall in Chicago uh, where a van recently drove through the mall. What? Some guy was, I don't know, I think he's arrested now. I'm pretty sure. He didn't die. But he drove a van through the mall, crashed through the walls. Whoa. And then did he keep driving or did it just... I think his truck probably broke down. Wow. But he, uh, you know, so that happened. So I feel good about the trip because I'm like... What's the chances that two vans are going to drive through the mall? Not not likely. So I feel safe. And it's going to be a great time. Yeah. Well, I like your positive attitude. Yeah. And so, all right. So that's where we've been, where we're going. Very exciting. Diet update. I said boo on the road. Boo on the road. I'm now taking uh, a different kind of pill that's supposed to be some type of stomach acid, right? That I take this. So I eat food and I take this and it helps to break down the food in my stomach, which I think is a problem is that my body is not digesting things. And I also, over the weekend, before I started taking the pills, I got back on coffee because I had been off coffee for two weeks for a detox. So I got back on coffee and I started feeling bad again. So we decided that maybe it was the coffee that was doing it. So I'm now off coffee again, which is sad because I could live off coffee and meat. Um, you know, I'm off coffee now, too, though, because I yelled at you this morning after about two and a half cups of coffee. Yeah. Car fights. Yeah. System. We get coffee in us and we fight with each other. You get a, you get a coffee rage. Yeah. We, it's, it's one of the most underreported rages 
out there. Yeah, we do have a real coffee rage about us. We'll fight pretty quick about stuff we're agreeing with each other on. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll argue, and I'll try to clear it up, and then Hannah's like, so what are we even talking about? And I'm like, well, <laughs> that's what I'm trying to clear up right I, I now. I hate your impression of me. <laughs> you make me sound so crude and cruel. Like, what are we even talking about? Oh, yeah. I guess I do get a pretty strident voice on Yeah, me. you do. You're very sweet until you don't want to be sweet anymore. <laughs> yeah, like last night I said something. You're like, oh, you sounded so sweet. I'm like, do I not always sound sweet? And no, no sometimes you sound like this. Yeah, because no, you do not always sound sweet. So, hmm. But, so that's where that's going. I mean, the meat is going really well. I've been, I, I still haven't, I don't eat bread and eggs. And like I went to, I had a meeting today with a guy and the guy took me to breakfast and I ordered a bowl of grits because <laughs> so I was like listen I can't eat anything so I ordered some grits and they probably had butter in it so I had a little heartburn after that but I can't eat dairy and uh, eggs and bread so breakfast, dude you're missing out they're delicious breakfast is out yeah so I go I mean you know I can't have an egg and cheese sandwich like I used to like I mean, I love an egg and cheese sandwich. Delicious. Well, to be specific, you can't eat a egg yolk. You can eat the egg white. Right, but I couldn't eat the cheese or the bread, so I could just eat egg whites because that's, that's a lot of fun, mm. you know. Mm. But anyway, the point is I get to eat meat again, and I'm really enjoying it. I've been, I had some beef ribs not too long ago, and just I just love meat. I just forgot how much I loved it. I thought, you know what, I can just eat these leaves and stuff from now on, but... You were fading away. All right, but this is what I also learned about food combinations. If you eat meat and heavy carbs like steak and potatoes, then the, the carb can actually soak up a lot of the acid in your stomach, which keeps you from being able to digest the meat. So if you're going to have meat, have it with vegetables. And if you're going to have carbs, also have it with vegetables. So I made myself a little stir fry the other night with just a bunch of vegetables in it, rice, vegetables. And then I made, and then last night we had steak and broccoli. Mm -hmm. It was great. Yeah, and it was my idea to add the broccoli. Yeah, but I had already had enough vegetables for the day, so I wasn't worried about it, but it was great. It was very good. And we had, you know, onions and garlic in there. So that that garlic was good. So we're getting on it. And I want to say again, I'm just excited to be going to Chicago. I've, I've never done a full week of comedy in uh, in Chicago. I've done a few gigs here and there, and I've done the Rosemont Zanies. I did one show there on like a Wednesday, and then I did a weekend. I've done several weekends in St. Charles, Illinois, but I've never done a full weekend in Chicago, and I'm feeling very good about it. And uh, so if you live in the area, come see me. Or if you don't live in the area but you know people that do, recommend it. Cause it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be really great. Advice, advice to I wanted to continue on with the travel tips. What do you think about that? I'm excited for it, and I can't wait. Um, all right, so this is this is just my travel tips that I've learned, and I've about flying, and I've only been flying for a short time, but I've been flying a lot. Um. And so, you know, there may be people listening who know more about flying and who do, don't think this is good advice. But uh, so I, you know, and I can't, I'm not in a position to be challenging people. I just know what works for me. But I also know that when I started flying, I didn't know any of these things. So now I'm, 
I'm in with it, and I feel good. This is my flying tips. Find an airline you like and try to stick with it, right? Because that way, you know, because people say every airline sucks, right? Like people say Delta sucks. People say American Airlines sucks. Uh, I think United Airlines sucks. You know what I mean? So everybody says one that sucks. But I, United Airlines has very nice terminals and very nice planes, but I don't think they are very nice people. Like I had a real flight delay. I spent, I spent like, I don't know, eight, ten hours in an airport between the two because both my flights got delayed and they were not nice to me at all. I complained about it. I never complained. They send me a $200 voucher, which is like hardly makes up for the amount of time that I spent. I used it, but they're just not nice people. Uh, so I would say find an airline that you like and stick with it. I fly American. My friend just wrote a big joke about how he has status with American Airlines, and he was saying, uh, I don't know, he was really tripping on American Airlines, but I like it. I have a good time on the flights. I like it, and I joined the Advantage program with them. And now as my status goes up, I get more and more things. In the beginning, you get no free checked bags. It's $30 to check a bag. Now I get two free checked bags. So we got to work on that, you know, spousal benefit because I was flying with Dusty today, uh, this weekend, but my flights got booked after his. And so I didn't get any of his benefits. And, you know, he got to sit up there in first class and I was back with the plebeians in, in the back of the airplane. And I was not in first class. Yeah, it was. And he kept reminding me of it. And. You know, his group got to board first, and he went on ahead of me and just didn't even know if I was getting abducted, waiting for, for me to get called. And, also not true. I you waited. Know, and then he also just kept going on how he got verified on the Internet, all of his different social medias. He's like, I'm verified now. I'm platinum. Are you still my wife? Who are you? You ain't good enough for me. Well, none of that's true. I waited for you to board, and uh, I did take the seat that I because I booked an aisle seat, and uh, you you waited to the last minute to tell me you wanted to come, and there was not aisle seats available anymore, and I don't want to sit in the window. I mean, they just say that there's you know class differences in a society, but there's class differences in relationships too, and you gotta you gotta be aware of that. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> so all right, so do that. Yeah, I mean, use Hannah as the example right here. I mean. You know, do you want to be, you know, do you want to be a Dusty on an airplane or you want to be Han on the airplane? Do you want to have status or you want to not have it, you know? That's why getting in in the very beginning, your first flight, go ahead and get you get in their program, whatever their program is and collect those points. Well, we we got the credit cards, right? Yes. All right. So that's the next point. Get the credit card. Um, if you don't have a credit card, it's a great way to build credit. And as I've said before, don't hear me say get a credit card. Then you get a $5,000 limit. You charge $5,000 on it. You can't afford to pay it off because then you're just going to carry that interest. But I use my credit card in place of my debit card now. And I just – and then at the end of the month, I just pay it off. You know, It can be pretty expensive sometimes because I book a lot of flights. But I have the money in my checking account because I haven't been spending money from there. You know, So it's like I don't, I don't spend them simultaneously. Um, but you build up the card, you get, you know, you get bonus miles. Like if you get, you know, you get two miles for every dollar you spend at the gas station or whatever. And it's like, it's huge. I built up a lot of miles by doing this and that's helped raise my status. I mean, I'm pretty close to platinum pro, which is the next level. Mm. Um, and this is something that I, that, so I would say do all those things. And this is something that I just got into. I just got tapped into this, but TSA pre-check. 
there's three things you can get. TSA PreCheck, there's Clear, and there's Global Entry. I have TSA PreCheck and Clear. Uh, Clear's not at every airport, but I got talked into it one time, and then I forgot to cancel it before I paid for it, so I have it. So if I'm flying at certain airports, San Francisco, Denver, Atlanta, uh, certain places like that, they'll have Clear. New York, I think, L.A., so I can skip all the line. Like TSA PreCheck puts you in a different line from everybody else where you don't have to take off your shoes, you don't have to take your laptop out of your bag, you don't have to take off your belt, and you don't have to get scanned by the x-ray machine. Uh, You just go through a metal detector. So it's great. I love I love TSA PreCheck and I love Clear. Global Entry, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but I was told that I should get that. I'm thinking maybe Global Entry is like for other countries too, but I don't know. And uh, But these things, Clear was a little expensive. I think it was like 300 bucks, but TSA PreCheck is like 80 bucks. I would say do that. Be sure to get that, especially if you're going to be traveling a lot because I neglected to do it and I spent half the time in the airport mad – that I was having to take off my shoes, my belt, and get padded down. But with pre-check, you're like, I don't have to do any of that. And it's amazing. Yeah, and you also, you know, aren't trying to get to the airport so early. Like, you're kind of like, if I'm running late, you're probably going to be okay because you get to zip through on TSA. Yeah. I mean, I would always say arrive early. I mean, they recommend that on there. But for me, I am, I do better as a person when I arrive early and get to sit around and wait. As opposed to run, 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 you know? When I was a drinker, I used to be hungover every day, and I'd be late to work almost every day, and it just would stress me. Mm. I spent, you know, I was stressed about it all the time. Mm. I would say, all right, and this is some this is some other things. I was just talking with a, with a friend, and, and he was talking about booking first class all the time, and uh, this is what I say. Unless you're super tall or super big, you don't need first class, right? Especially in the beginning if you can't afford it. Like if you're big time and and you can afford to book first class, then do whatever. But if if you're trying to feature and fly somewhere, I'd say first off, if you're featuring, drive. But if you're trying to feature and fly somewhere, book just regular seats. You're going to be fine. Try to get an aisle or a window, but don't try to get that middle seat, but – you don't need first class, and it's going to cost you more. It's going to cost you a good bit more. Uh, I like an aisle seat. I love an aisle seat, and I'm going to get. I'd like to read the story of the thing that happened to me the other day on a plane, or maybe just tell it. See, I like a window seat. You like an aisle seat? I love the aisle seat. Why? Because if I sometimes I like to, you know, I got to pee sometimes, and I can get right up without having to ask people to get up. But I can also sometimes I don't even have to pee, but I just walk to the bathroom, especially on like a three hour flight just so i can move around a bit okay i get tired of just sitting there i love to be able to move around and also if you know no offense to big people but if you're in a window seat and a really big person sits in the aisle you're like trapped over there in between them Mm. at least with the aisle seat i got freedom to move my arms and stuff you know all right roger that um use Uh, I would say the credit card, these are just things. I'm just writing down these rambling points. But use that card for everything to earn the points. Uh, I say arrive early. People always say that, but it's – oh, wow. I'm just repeating thoughts here. Uh, I'd say bring – if you're a comic, and that's who I'm trying to talk to here, bring a notebook on your planes. I've been getting so much writing done because I'm on an airplane. When I was driving all the time, it was hard to get the writing done because I'm in the car. I'm driving. But if you're on a plane, man, that's such a great opportunity to write things down. 
And uh, rather than play, I see people playing video games or watching movies, and I'll watch a movie once in a while, depending on how tired I am. But it's it's such a waste to me. It's like you really have an opportunity to get writing done. You have you're not connected. Never buy the Wi-Fi. Why would you want people to be in touch with you? Um, you get that's a moment of freedom. You get a little freedom on an airplane from your phone, and it's amazing. Um, uh, and also uh, headphones. They're your friend on an airplane. Be sure to pack them. Uh, that seems like a given now because we're all walking around with headphones. But for a long time, I, I'd, I'd book planes and I didn't have headphones. I'd just be sitting there. And I don't know why, but uh, Spotify, you can download music off Spotify onto your phone and listen to it without Wi-Fi. Podcast, uh, I would say don't talk to people on the plane. If you're not used to flying, don't talk to people on there, especially early on or you'll get stuck talking to them the whole time. Just don't talk to people. Yeah, and they don't want to talk to you. Yeah, this is just an announcement in general. Yeah, they don't want to talk to you. And the person that wants to talk to you on a plane, you don't really want to talk to them. No, sir. They're just going to ask you a bunch of – they're just going to ask you questions over and over again. What do you do? Oh, that sounds exciting. How would you get into that? And then you're just going to be stuck talking to them. You know what? One time – sometimes it can be fun. One time I met a couple of farmers from Utah uh, on their way out of of Texas – to Utah, and um, this guy, he was a sheep farmer, and he had invented something like a sheep pill, like a sheep wool pill that you can put into plants, and it helps save water so the water doesn't drain out as fast. And I talked to that guy for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I also, when I landed, I that was the worst I had felt in a long time. I felt terrible. Oh. So don't talk to people. Mm. What about that... that- really terrible thing that happened to you on a plane recently oh i want to read that in a minute okay uh i would say um people that are afraid to fly some people are afraid to fly this is what i would say just believe that you aren't gonna crash right because you might crash but worrying about it's not gonna change it you worrying about crashing is not gonna make you not crash everyone's a little spooked out on a plane i'm not spooked out at all now but that's because i've been flying a bunch but just believe that you're not going to crash. If you're if you're the type of person that prays, pray before you get on the plane and when you get on there. And if you're not the type of person that prays, become the type of person that prays and <laughs> pray before you get on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, airplane food is garbage. Don't eat any of it. Don't order the food that costs money. Don't eat the cookies. Oh, I eat the cookies. Don't eat the pretzels. You don't like the cookies? They're all garbage for you. Yeah. They're tasty, though. I like the little kind of cin- cinnamon gingerbread. Yeah. I mean, it's garbage, though. Well, yeah, okay. Try to bring uh, bring food so you can eat good stuff, you know? Bring your own food. You're allowed to bring food. You can't bring water on. You can't bring beverages and liquids, but you can bring uh, food. You can bring liquids? I've N- brought in coffees on. On the plane, but I'm saying cook food and bring it with you to the airport. Oh, okay. You can't get through security with liquids, but you can with food. Okay. Um. And this is just something that I listed at the end, but when I first started flying, my ears popping was a big deal. My ears would get really uh, stopped up, and it would give me intense headaches. And I had to learn to pop my ears. I had to, uh, had to learn to pop my ears. I had to learn to pop both ears. And the moment that I learned how to do that, it was great. I used to buy earplugs, and I had this whole system set up for how – 
when the descent started, I would put in those earplugs to help relieve the pressure. But once I learned to pop my ears, it all changed. So you're just going to have to learn some things, but don't fear the flight. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. Uh, I was on a flight recently, and I like the aisle seat. I like to be able to get up and go to the bathroom. I know that I'm repeating this, but this is what I wrote down. I like to move around. I purposely book a flight on the aisle. I love the aisle. I'm all about the aisle seat. Um, oh, that's pretty funny. I wrote that down. I said, uh, this is not nothing to do with the story, but a plane is the type of place where I feel like I have to yell and whisper at the same time. Mm-hmm. The key is to try and look like you're whispering, right? I think that's fun. So this couple comes up to me on the plane. I'm there in my aisle seat. Now, I am I am kicking back. I got my headphones in. I'm going home after a weekend of comedy. I'm not I'm not on my way to do comedy. I have nothing to do. I am relaxed. I am at the height of relaxation. I am feeling good. I got music going in. I'm jamming. I'm there in my aisle seat. And this couple comes up to me and asked and the guy asked will I switch seats with him so he and his wife can sit next to each other. But he says he has a middle seat. So I say, no. I say, I don't want to switch for a middle seat. And and, and I'm like, I figure, why should I give up my seat so that these two grown people don't have to sit away from each other? It's one flight. These are grown-ups here. They're they're older than me. I mean, it's like like a two-hour flight. Let me keep the seat I booked. Um, We're grown here. I booked farther in advance. Why should I have to pick up the slack for procrastinating? You know what I mean? Like it's like these are two adults here, and then and then and they seem like sweet people. They look like they're in their late forties. The woman seemed very sweet, and the guy uh, says in a very nice way, uh, "Oh, he 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 says he would pay me. He goes, I'll pay you to switch seats with me." And I'm like, I'm just going to try to tell the story and not read it off this thing. So the guy says, I'll pay you to switch seats with me. And, and it's not about the money for me, right? I'm like, I don't, I don't want the money. I want this aisle seat. I fly enough to where I'm not trying to sit in the middle. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't know how much he was paying. He didn't offer that up. So then there's, there's me uh, on the aisle. The middle seat is empty. That's where the woman's supposed to sit. And then there's another woman there who's in a uniform, American Airlines uniform, and she clearly works for the airline, but she's going home or whatever. And so then the guy asks her, will she switch? And she is clearly frustrated by this. And she says, do you have kids? She's like, there's no kids involved? Why can't you just sit separately? And then the lady the wife leans over me to tell the flight attendant something, the lady that they're asking to move. I'm going to refer to the lady who works there as the lady, and the other lady is the wife. So the wife leans over to the lady and whispers something in her ear. I don't know what this information is. It's not information they gave me when they asked me what I switch. So now there's new information that I don't know about. And then so the, la- the lady goes, all right, I'll move. She is not happy. She goes, I'll move. She's like, but I got a lot of stuff here. It's going to take me a minute. And I'm like, okay, great. This lady's going to move. Perfect. I'm going to keep my aisle seat. I don't care. And so she's taking a long time. She has several bags. She's pulling things out of the seat. She's stuffing books in there, and she does not look happy. 
And then someone comes over the intercom because I'm standing up. I'm in between the husband and wife. They're standing there. The guy is still telling me he'll pay to switch. And I'm like, I don't want to switch. I said, why should I give up my comfort for yours? You know, it's like you're not in some difficult situation here. And then the, the flight attendant comes over the, over the PA and says, because people are lined up behind us trying to get on this plane. And this lady is taking a long time to move. And I, I'm feeling very much like this is my fault, like I'm to blame for this. And I'm like, I'm not to blame. This couple is who's to blame. So the guy comes over the PA and he goes, if there's any sweet seat switching, do it after we take off. Don't worry about it right now. There's people that need to board the plane. So I say – and then the, the, then the wife says to the lady, don't worry about it. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And I go, Great. And so we all sit down. The man takes the middle seat. The wife takes the middle seat. The lady's still there. I'm there. Everything's fine. Great. And then the guy across the aisle looks at me and he goes, what was that all about? And But I'm still sitting next to the lady. So I'm like, I don't know, dude. He's like, oh, you'd rather not say? Mm-hmm. I was like, listen, I just, I'm just trying to keep my seat. That's all, you know? And I pull out my notebook and I start writing this stuff down, right? I start writing it down. And I'm feeling very good. I'm like, this is great. I get to keep my seat. This is because these are grown people. Now, as I'm saying this, just let it be known that last week, me and Hannah took four flights together and we weren't in the same seat. We weren't sitting next to each other. Hannah was fine. I was fine. Everything's fine, right? These grown people are going to be fine. Now, there is some information out there that I don't know, some information that was whispered from the wife to the lady. I don't know what that information was, but they didn't tell me. So then we start, the plane starts moving. And then the lady next to me, I notice her wiping her eyes. And the next thing I know, she's full on crying. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, she's full, this is a grown woman, older than me, full on crying. That's That's something I would do. So I just grabbed my stuff. I got up. I went up and I tapped the guy on the shoulder. I said, you want to switch? And then he switches with me. I have to sit between these two giant grown dudes. I had a whole thing I wanted to do on this plane. I had a whole plan, but then I had no room to move. Oh, that's so frustrating. And so I had two hours in the middle seat where I specifically booked an aisle. The guy on the aisle seat was sleeping the whole time, so I couldn't get up to go to the bathroom without waking him up. And then the guy who traded seats with me went to the – he had the nerve to go to the bathroom during the flight. Oh, you're using that aisle seat, really stretching your legs, huh, buddy? Mm-hmm. I was so mad. Mm. I went through a whole other flight still mad about it. Maybe he just wanted to get out of his middle seat. Well, maybe. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, It won't happen again. If somebody next to me is crying next time... I want to know what was wrong. I feel like my heart is telling me that she she had some sort of sickness. And she just needed her husband well, to be with her. that's what I'm wondering, too, if that's the kind of information they gave the lady. But they didn't tell me that. And also, why didn't he give you money once you did trade with I him? I wasn't going to take the money. I was so mad. You were mad. You were fired up I was when so you mad. landed. I was you so, had another flight after that, too, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I was so mad because they put me in this uncomfortable situation where I'm like, oh, now it's either I get to, you know, it's like, I just don't feel like for other perfectly healthy people, I should give up the seat that I booked so that you can, you know, you can get to ride 
next to your wife. It's like, you'll be fine for this flight. Yeah. You messed up. You should have booked your flight earlier. Even for a child older than 10, I'd be like, nah, let them sit by themselves. Right. It's like the first time, even, even if it was her first flight ever, my first flight ever was alone. Most of the flights I take are alone. Most of the t- flights you take are alone. I mean, it's like, what are we doing here? Maybe, yeah, maybe she was one of those people who was really afraid of flying, and that's why she started crying. But it's like, you're still an adult. Yeah, like it's if, still pathetic. If you're that afraid of flying, and you know that you book seats separately, you just got to accept it. But, I, you know, they could have pulled the fast one on me. And they, uh, yeah. and they played with my emotions, but that's what I didn't like, and that's why I was mad. If he would have tried to give me money, I don't know what I would have said to him, but I was pretty upset with him. Mm. And I just – I was upset with him because he put me in this situation where his wife wife was crying. It's like if he would have started crying, I would have wrote that down and I would have been laughing about it. Yeah, I know. You're too tenderhearted to see a woman cry. And I just – I know you don't like it. And it just put me in an uncomfortable situation. I didn't care for it. Mm-hmm. I didn't care for it. And I don't – I just don't know who these people are doing these things. I don't know who these – I don't know who these people are out here doing much of anything. <laughs> I just can't understand yeah. it. Like the, like the server and the hostess not communicating that. Oh, and the, the restaurant I went to today, the guy I was eating with asked could he get some sourdough bread. He wanted some sourdough toast. And the, the lady said, well, do you mind if I put it on the grill? Our toaster's broken. And it's like, you run a breakfast restaurant. And he's like, nah, that's okay. And she goes, yeah, the toaster broke yesterday. It caught on fire. Mm. And it's like, yesterday? You got no Walmart around here? You got no Target, Best Buy? Can't pop out and get a toaster real quick? Mm. Get a toaster. Yeah. You're running a restaurant. Toast is a big part of it. Yeah. Get a toaster. What are we doing out here? I don't know what anyone's doing out here. I don't know either. I, I, I don't think there's managers anywhere. I think there's just a bunch of employees, and they're just doing whatever they care for. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird. I don't know what's happening out here. I do have a— Was it always like this in, in America? Well, I don't know. It's hard to say. I mean, yeah, there's always been some slack asses out there, but— uh, <laughs> but no, I feel like there was a time when actually people cared about their businesses because there wasn't so many corporations, right? I, I feel like the thing to do is if you own a small business is make sure your customer service is top-notch because that's why people are going to come there because corporations, for the most part, their customer service is terrible. Like Chick-fil-A gets it. That's why it's like people keep protesting Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A's profits keep going up because they have a great business model. They have food that tastes good, and they have employees that are nice to you. Tastes so good, you don't even mind that it burns your face. (laughs) Right, exactly. And they have employees that treat you well. Whether it's a fake niceness or not, it's still – I'll take fake niceness, niceness over rude any day of the week. Yeah, you know what's interesting is I just wonder what it's like to be you going through the world versus me because you were saying the hotel that we were at, you didn't think people were friendly. And I actually felt people were over-the-top friendly with me. Yeah. I felt like everyone that I talked to just seemed so accommodating. And you you didn't experience that at all. So I just, I don't know if it's because I'm a woman that I get a little bit more uh, courtesy or... Or what? Or if we just have different, maybe, you know, you're just a little bit more discerning of fake niceness than me. Well, yeah, I just didn't find the 
hotel to be very friendly. Now, I like the hotel. I would stay there again. Yeah. I thought it was very nice. And the, the maids were very nice. Um, Should we talk about me at the bar with that guy? Yeah. Talk about your date that you went on? Yeah, I went on a date. Um, well, on Friday night, I um, thought I'd go down to the to the bar and have a glass of wine and, and do a little bit of writing. Like, it's not really something I do very often, but... I don't know. I just kind of felt like it. But the bar was popping. I mean, I went down there at 7, and it was so busy. And I thought, oh, this is going to be – this isn't a good idea. I'm not going to be able to do any work or relax. So, I don't know. I just sat there at the bar, and I was drinking wine, and I was writing in my notebook. And then this guy comes over and sits beside me, and he's like, hey, do you mind if I sit here? And I was like, oh, God. And, like, I didn't even look at him. I was like, yeah, it's fine. He's like, I won't bother you. I'm like, yeah, sure. That's what I was thinking in my head. And But he didn't bother me, and I just kept writing in my notebook for quite a while, actually. But it kind of started to make me feel uncomfortable because he's just I, – I thought, oh, maybe his friends are going to join him or he'll order his drink and he'll realize I'm not going to talk to him and then he'll go away. But he didn't go away, and he just kind of sat there drinking. And and then I – you know, I I – you know, kept writing and then eventually I finished my writing and I was like, you know what, I might as well just like talk to this guy so I'm not just so rude. Hmm. So then, yeah, so I started talking to him and, uh, and yeah, and it was just kind of like a fun conversation and that's really all there is to it. And then they got married. Yeah. Then we started an affair. No, but he's from, he lives in Louisville and he ran an asphalting company where he traveled around a lot. I think that's called asphalt. Asphalt. Not no, there's no H in there. Asphalt. It feels like there is. Um. Anyways, we had a good conversation. He told me all about his business and his, you know, just the blue collar lifestyle and some of his criminal activities when he was a teenager. And uh, I talked to him all about my husband and how much I loved him. Hmm. And I said, "Well, gotta go." After two drinks total. Hmm. So, but I did have that extra drink, which I wasn't counting on, you know. Well, very so exciting. It's, it's weird how things get wild like that. It is. They get wild. Yeah, you can see how affairs happen. I mean, it just just one guy talking to you, and you're like, oh, okay. That's, what? That's why I told him. That's why I said I was married right away. And I mean, he, but he just kept talking to me. I don't think he was hitting on me or anything. But it's like, geez, wouldn't you want to spend this energy on a girl that's available? You I know? don't think that that affairs happen that easy, though. I mean, you're talking about you, you, you or had, a liaison. You had one glass of wine, and you're like, now I know how affairs happen, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, well, no, I mean, it's like, yeah, drinking is what. Yeah, uh, yeah, drinking and drinking makes you think that you can do things that you can't. You, you, you start thinking you're sneakier than you are when you're drinking. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to have an affair with him, but I That's mean, it, it, sounds it like felt a little illicit. Like, if I had had that third drink, it would feel like, why am I having this third drink right now? You know? So. That's what it sounds like to me. It sounds yeah. like you were on the verge of... Absolutely not, Dusty. I was talking to him about you the whole time. He probably knows your name better than he knows my own name. And that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it was weird because I hadn't really chatted up a guy since I've been with you ever. I don't talk to guys on the DMs. I don't know what you're doing in your DMs, but I don't talk to fellas on the DMs. Well, let's not make it a habit, you know? Well, I'm not going to make it a habit, but it made me feel a little fresh. I ain't going to lie. All right, then. All right. So, um... Yeah. yeah, so West Palm Beach was wild. Yeah, yeah, it's a wild place. And when, then we got home, we watched a movie. Uh, Yo, Adrian! I did it! Great Scott! 
Christopher Walken movie called yeah. King of New York. Mm-hmm. And we have mixed mixed reviews about it, but overall I felt like it's a pretty good movie. What did you think? I don't know. I felt like the tone was weird. It just it felt a little like it was trying too hard. In its synopsis it said this artistic director used his his stylized directing to bring this, you know, novel to life. And I just thought, yeah, I could use a little less direction. Just seemed I was too aware of the direction. It just I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it just felt like Christopher Walken got out of prison. He used to be the old kingpin in town. He'd been in prison for a while. He got out, and he wanted to take control of the city again. And then he just started killing a bunch of people, and then the cops started coming after him. And then he said, hey, he's like, what have I done? He said, I've, and then he lists off the people he's killed and their crimes. He's like, we're better off without those people. And I agree. And then the cops continued to come for him, and eventually I guess they got him. Yeah, I mean, my biggest problem was I could see the movie was trying to make me feel like he, Christopher Walken, was the good guy or the flawed hero, the anti-hero. But I didn't think he was good. He was a cold-blooded murderer. And I don't care that he was trying to, you know, put a hospital in the Bronx. Right. You know, I just didn't have any um, empathy for him. And also, the movie just seemed like it was such a huge, in-depth story that you could see was would probably be really compelling in a novel, but it seemed like they tried to do way too much in an hour and a half, and it, and in the end you're just kind of like trying to catch up. Like, wait, why did this happen, and why do I care? And and at a, a very little bit yo- of whiplash, a very young Lawrence Fishburne who was going by Larry Fishburne at the time. Uh, it was a weird part for him because you know you now know him as like the mentor in. Searching for Bobby Fisher as Morpheus, and it's like he's taken on. And even like he was in a movie called uh, Higher Learning, where he was like the professor, and he always seems like he plays this wise man type character. And then he just in this movie played like a real kind of ghetto serial killer, yeah. Basically, and then gangster, yeah. And then Wesley Snipes uh, was in it. Honestly, the the this the guy that stole the show was David Caruso. Yeah. I thought he actually was the best performance. Yeah. He was pretty funny, and he was, you know, very kind of this Bill Burr, red-haired Irish dude. And um, I thought he was the most interesting actor. Christopher Walken was being Christopher Walken, but it was just sort of like, you know, Christopher Walken smiles, and you're like, all right, he's funny. And then all of a sudden his eyes go dead, and you're creeped out. He got a real creepy face to him. Yeah. He's got that dead fish stare, and you're like, ooh. It had some really cool parts, though. Well. I, I, I enjoyed it. Not. I enjoyed it. And then we don't, there's no comedy that we've been listening to really lately, is there? No. Nah. I don't think so. I haven't even watched anything comedy related. Um, the, um, but I wanted to specifically talk about this West Palm Beach. And the reason is, the reason I wanted to talk about it is because I have no criticism of the club, and it's not because I want to criticize the club. It's because every weekend I come back and I do the podcast and I go, I had a great time. Everything's great. I had a good time. Everything is wonderful because it is. So when something is not, I want to talk about it to try to show a realistic point of view. No criticism of the club, um, but I didn't have the greatest time. Amen. Yeah, I mean, I can't have a great time everywhere I go, even though I want to. Not even when your wife's with you. 
No. Yeah. Especially when my wife's with me, but she's down at the bar <laughs> having drinks with another man. Yeah. Yeah, it got wild. Yeah, West Palm Beach really stirred us up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so we've been talking about some podcast changes. We do have um, a new uh, intro song for this week. We're gonna, we have several intro songs. Our friend Matt Price has really hooked us up with some intros. But, we, you know, we may make some changes. We've talked about for a long time trying to film it and get it on air, uh, get it on YouTube. And I think we are going to actively try to do that. We're looking into buying a house. And uh, if all that goes according to plan, we're going to try to really put a studio in there and really try to do something. Yeah, and I may not even be in the podcast anymore. There's a chance. I mean, Hannah has, has really taken a break from comedy, really kind of faded back. And, uh, you know, and so a podcast dedicated to talking about comedy is not really up her alley anymore. Yeah. So we may... And let's be honest, Dusty had a little talk, and we had a talk, and I'm not really that funny on the podcast. No, I, that is not what I said either. But you could maybe be funnier if, if I wasn't on it. No, I didn't say any of that. I said that sometimes I don't think that we riff well. Yeah, because I come in with whole cold hard facts, and that's what you told me that the guy at the bar even said to you. You you said he said, "I don't see you doing comedy at all. You're so serious." <laughs> <laughs> well, I am really serious. I know you're really serious. So I just think that we're going to try to you know try to go in some different directions, and I may do this uh, solo a little more often, and have Hannah on as a guest, and also have. <laughs> No, I'll be the producer. Also, yes, Hannah will be the producer, and occasionally I'll have a com- comic guest on here so that we can get a little loose with it. But but for the time being, I'm going to be here. We wouldn't be doing any of those major changes until we you know, move houses. Yeah, and we, got, you know, we just want to do something that's a little easier to film, and we want to try to do more with it. We appreciate all the people that have been listening, but we, um, you know, I'm out of advice to comics. I mean, that that's over now. I don't know what else. My flying tips, that's all I got left. Well, didn't we have someone come call in or email and say that they wanted you to break down how much features make? Oh, yeah. Should we do that right now? No, let's do it next episode. All right, next episode. I'll write that down. Yeah, we'll break down. We'll try to break down what people get paid in comedy so you know what to expect. Next week we'll do that. Because that is important. I mean, because if you're if you're featuring and you're starting to get featuring work on the road, that pay is not good. It's real bad. So you need to understand that it's not good, but it's something that you got to do and how to supplement your income in other ways. Yeah, like literally since I quit being a feature this summer, I don't feel like my income has changed. <laughs> it doesn't feel like I have any less money. <laughs> but that being said, I made it work for, for over a year uh, – just featuring alone and, and and supporting myself. I mean, other things came in that I got to 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 utilize to help supplement my income. But for a long time, I mean, at least one year was strictly feature work pay that got me through. Uh, and it can be a struggle. Yeah, but if you were born into affluence or you're a rich kid, you probably will have no tolerance for being a working feature. No, and I think that happens a lot. A lot of people that I know that were born into money start seeing what they make in comedy, and they start burning bridges real fast because they're like, I don't care. I don't need this money. This, this money is nothing. And they're right, but the reputation can get around pretty fast, and people don't want to book you. Your reputation can get around quick that you're, you're not uh, reliable, 
and you're not consistent. And so you want to be reliable, you want to be consistent, and you want to not complain about pay. Just know it's going to be bad. I mean, know what you're going to get so you know what to budget for. But that's why I say get these credit cards and get these credit cards and do it right. Only use them. You know, you, you fill up your gas tank with the, with the credit card all month and you pay it off at the end and then you earn points. You earn some benefits for what you've been doing as opposed to otherwise. And uh, But I feel like that's fun. I've had a good I've had a good time with this podcast today. I was reminded of the Avett Brothers this morning. I saw a tweet about the Avett Brothers, and there's a uh, they had an album. I think the album's called "I and Love and You," and uh, I know that a lot of people know that album. But man, it is a it's a great album. It came out in 2009. It's really good. I'm not going to play any of it, but the Avett Brothers, "I and Love and You," very good. I enjoyed it. All right then. And uh, all right, well that's it. Hannah, do you got anything to add? Good day to you. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we're having a good time. Oh, oh. I got a new video on YouTube about my trip to Denver where I took my nephew Anthony. So go on there to YouTube and check that out. All right. We're having a good time.